Great. Well, let's uh, jump straight into Colossians chapter 3, um, where we're continuing our series, uh, Jesus, the center of all things. While you're turning there, uh, if you're uh, you know, part of the, the family here and uh, uh, so on, you'll, 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 you'll notice we see Morris, Jill and Grace for a few weeks. Uh, they unfortunately decided to, to move on, but we want to say we love them, we miss them. Uh, many are still friends with them, in contact with them, but um, we didn't get a chance to say properly goodbye, but uh, I know you're in touch with them and others are and just say we love them, we bless them, and we'll miss them as they go. But uh, let's dive into the Word of God this morning. And uh, <coughs> as I say, we're in, uh, we're in chapter 3. And in this, in this letter, uh, particularly in this part of the letter, Paul is laying out what it means uh, to be a Christian, what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And right at the beginning of this chapter, in, uh, in verse 1, he says, Since then you've been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And so with those kind of opening uh, verses at the beginning of this chapter, Paul then sort of sets the scene of, therefore, if you're going to be a, uh, a man or woman who follows Jesus, this is what it's going to look like. And, uh, uh, <coughs> and we, could, we could read this and think, well, okay, and so if, if I've been saved, I've been rescued, now, now here's a list of things I have to do or not do in order to kind of pay back or, or measure up or earn what this wonderful free gift of grace but of course, that's not true. It's a free gift of grace. We're, we're, Jesus paid at the cross for our, for, our, for our sins. He paid a penalty for us that we might live a grace-fueled, joy-filled life. And so when we, when we read these things that we're about to read here, it's not a sense of, well, you've been saved and therefore, therefore do this, don't do this, because you, know, you need to measure up or you need to pay back or earn or something like that. It's no, no, no. In order that you can live a, a grace-filled, joy, grace-fueled, joy-filled, filled life, this is how you should live, folks. So we're not to, to, to read it or hear it with a sense of do this, don't do this, do this, don't do this. It's no, no, no. I, I want the best for you, my children, my sons and my daughters. I want the best for you. Therefore, this is how you can live. In fact, the chapter in uh, the heading in, in my Bible, it says, living as those who are made alive in Christ. If we're made alive in Christ, folks, this is how we're to live in our. It's for our own good. That we're, we, we, because we're living here on the, as strangers. We live here as strangers, as foreigners, because our identity is in Christ. It's another world, another life, not earthly things. It says here, you know, set your, uh, set your minds on, on things above, not earthly things, that we're to live here as strangers. And so he, he says these things for our own good, that we're going to read for our own good. He wants us to be heaven-focused, to know that our treasure is in heaven and, and so that we, we don't lose sight of our true identity. But so often we can. We can lose sight of our, our true identity. We get, get bogged down and buried with the, the day-to-day things. We can live in this world as though all that we live for is, is, is in this world here and now. We can so easily get captured into that and, and live for the here and now as though this would be our only home that we'll ever have. And we exchange that, that joy-filled present and future for the cares and worries of this world. And that's not what he would have for us. So let's uh, pick it up in verse 15. And uh, there's only a few verses. And we're just going to step through them slowly this morning. Just a few words at a time. <coughs> verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule. Let it be the decisive factor. Let it rule in your hearts. Let it be the decisive factor. What, what rules in 
our hearts? What rules in your hearts this morning? What determines how you spend your, your time, how you spend your money, how you, uh, your decisions? Is it, is it logic? Is it reason? What determines your, your thinking? What rules our thinking? The writer here, he says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Is it maybe career that would rule your thinking or, or status or money or, or reputation? You know, what other people think of you, what other people think of us. Is it those things that, that rule our hearts? If, it do, if, it, if they are, they'll lead to, to anxiety, to fear, to worry. But he says, let the peace of Christ, shalom, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. It's different from any other peace. It's not just the, the absence of uh, a kind of, of, of conflict and so on. No, it's the peace of Christ. Jesus says just before he died, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. He gives us a special peace, his peace. He calls it my peace, his own personal peace. Not just the absence of conflict but it's a, a sense of wholeness, of, of, of well-being, a completeness, of totality. It's, even, it's more than all of that. It's the presence of Jesus. That's what he gives, the presence of Jesus. Not just an absence of fear and, and a conflict, but it's the presence of Jesus. Christ with us in every situation. That's how we can, as Christians, walk through the most difficult of situations well, because we have the presence of Jesus with us. We have the peace of Christ with us. So I ask again, what is the decisive factor in your life? What rules your heart? What rules our hearts? Is it the peace, the presence of Christ, or something else? It's so easy to say, isn't it? I realize that. It's so easy to, to stand up here and say, look what, look what the Bible says. It says the peace of Christ should rule in your hearts. Is it ruling? And it's so easy to say. And uh, I think for me, this week, I've been away with, uh, away with work and left my, uh, my wife with a family and uh, gone into a, like, for like many others, gone into you know, a pressured work situation. And, and there's moments where there's kind of pressure from work and pressure from home. And, and if I'm perfectly honest, what was ruling my heart was not the peace of God. It was not the peace of God. What was ruling my heart was, well, I've, got, I've, got to, you know, I've got to do this, and I've got to do that, I've got to do this. Got, oh, and there's that, there's that, and they're not well at home, and I'm feeling rough. And, and, and what was ruling in my heart was not the peace of God. It was, it was kind of, well, I need to do this, or that's going to go wrong at work. I need to, to work here, work hard, and, and the pressure. And what was ruling in my heart was not the peace of God. But as followers of Christ, it says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace. Called to peace. Folks, we've been called to this life, to, called out of one life and into another. Called out of a, a following things of the world, to follow Jesus. Called from one thing and to another. And so when, I, when we find ourselves in those situations where, where suddenly what's ruling in our hearts, as we all do, we find ourselves in these moments and what's ruling isn't, isn't the peace of Christ, it's, it's other stuff, things of the world that would... would not lead us to peace. What do we do? It's so easy to say, yeah, okay. Peace, how do I find that peace of Christ in those pressured moments? In those moments where there's just, just feeling, the, feeling the squeeze. How do we find that peace of Christ? Because we've been called from one life and into another. And for me this week, it was just, uh, it, was, it was a number of things, but 
uh, some, it might be going back to his, going into his word and saying, Lord, what, have you, what are your promises from your word? What are your promises to be with me? Might be just putting some, some, some music on, just, some, some, just worshipping, prayer. Just, and for me, it was, it, a lot of it this week were quite pressured and, and squeezed with time and so on. A lot of it was just prayer. It was just saying, God, I know you're there. I know you're with me. I want to know your peace in this situation. I, I, I believe that you are with me. You sent your spirit to be with me. And so it was just, it was, Lord, it was prayer. That was how I, how I found my way. I'm no, I'm no hero, okay? I'm, I'm a, uh, a weak, fallen believer like the, like the rest of you. But it was, Lord, I need you this week. Would you come and help me? I want to know your peace in this pressured situation. The pressure doesn't always go away, but what, what comes is the presence of Jesus. The presence of Jesus into that situation. And sometimes we can forget, we can forget we forget that, and we wonder why it's hard that we live in two worlds, that we've been called out of one and into another, and somehow we try and live between the, you know, live in the two and sort of settle for some sort of compromise where we're not really fully following Jesus because, hey, you know what, this other stuff here is, is pressured and, and, and seemingly urgent and important, and we wonder why it's so hard. But, folks, we're called to live in a different world. We're called to follow Jesus. We've been called out from one life and into another in Christ Jesus. Now, as members of the body of Christ, the local church. Let's continue. Verse 15. So we let these things rule in our hearts because we've been called out from one, one life into another in Christ Jesus. Verse 15. And be thankful. Why does he, why does he say that? It's kind of a, it sounds almost like a parent, doesn't it? You know, kind of be, be grateful. You know, if, if, if Charles sort of, you know, not eating their dinner, be grateful. Eat your dinner. You know, it sounds a bit like that, doesn't it? Be grateful. But it's, it's this whole thing that we've been called out from one life and to another. It's not just a different perspective. It's not just, um, <clears throat> it's not just I say, a different, a different perspective. It's, it, 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 he's saying it because look at, look at what I've done for you. Look at what I have done for you. you you're, called to, you're called to a life in Christ. You're strangers here and now. And so what, what really matters is that you've been forgiven all your debt because my son died on the cross for you. What really matters is that you've got this free gift of grace. The stuff of the here and now, it, it doesn't really matter. So you can be thankful because of what, what, what really matters is so much more important than the here and now. What really matters is that, is that you're, you're free, you're forgiven. My son paid the price for you, for your sin. That you might be forgiven, might walk free, might be adopted. And that really matters. And yes, the here and now is difficult. But what really matters is that you, you've got an eternity with Jesus. That your future is secure. Your hope is secure. And so, folks, we can be thankful amidst the most tricky situations here and now, confident in our hope and expectation of the future in Jesus Christ, that he's with us, that he died for us, that we're forgiven, that we're free, that we're adopted, and that we have a, a future hope with him. And so it can make us thankful. It's, oh, yeah, okay, that, that is what really matters. Here, here and now it's temporary. Here and now it's temporary. Yes, it, it matters. Yes, it matters. But what really matters is, is a future hope, future glory with Jesus Christ. And so we can be thankful. And if we're thankful, we can, we're thankful about this grace and mercy that we've received. We can extend it to others, can't we? We can extend it to others. When others need grace and mercy, we can extend it to them as well because of what we've received. We've received this grace, love, mercy, compassion, forgiveness. And as a church, as a people, we're called to demonstrate that to the world. So much of this is just rooted in, in these first few verses, this idea that we're, that we're not to get bogged down with the here and now, but to, 
to lift our eyes to him, to what he has done. It's so easy with, to, to get bogged down in the here and now, isn't it? Get worried about inflation or interest rates or the recession. All these, all these things so easy to get drawn into that and focused on that and worried about that. And yes, those things matter and, and so on. I'm not talking to be cavalier here, but it's so easy to get drawn into those things and think this life is all there is. And we exchange a joy-filled future with him for the worries of the here and now. And be thankful. Verse 16, it says, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. Dwell. Make a home, isn't it? You know, if you dwell, you, you make a home. It's not a, uh, it's not a visit, is it? It's not kind of a uh, pop round now and again, pop over for a coffee, or stay a night now and again, come around at weekends. It's, it's dwell. Make a home. Part of the family part of daily life and let the message of Christ dwell in you richly yeah it's just let it let it make be a home be be, a, be part of your home in your in your hearts in your in your homes let it be let it be part of a part of your daily routine let the, the word of Christ dwell in us this is folks this is so key because when we're when we're squeezed when we when there's moments like i mentioned about the you know uh, like others i'm sure had a pressured week what when you're squeezed what comes out is what's gone in right and and if 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 you've if you've you've got the word of god in you then yeah what's squeezed comes out and truth comes out truth in the the most tricky situations it it gets it comes out doesn't it when you get squeezed this i mean just this week i, I said i was kind of reaching around for just encouragement and, uh, and help in amongst a pressured situation. And I remembered uh, that verse. Uh, and it wasn't particularly easy you know, in, the, in, the, in the office just to sort of, you know, whip out a Bible or put on some, some music. It wasn't particularly easy to, to do that. But I remembered that verse um, that talked about um, he who speaks in a tongue, so uh, as in, you know, tongues, he who speaks in a tongue, edifies himself or, or builds himself up, right? And I was feeling pretty kind of worn out and ill. And uh, I thought, oh, yeah, he who speaks in a tongue builds himself up. I, c- I could use some building up right now. And so just sort of, you know, quietly about the office, didn't kind of, you know, uh, it's under my breath, you know, as, as no one was around. And, uh, and was just kind of looking for moments of just, oh, yeah, I need, I need building up right now. And, and so I'm just going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray in tongues and trust that the Holy Spirit alive in me is going to build me up, because right now that's what I need. But it's an example of where something that had gone in, and I don't remember the last time I read that verse, you know, I, I, or where I heard it or whatever. It just, I was squeezed, it's what came out. And I want to encourage us, if we, if we allow the, the, the word of the Lord to dwell in us richly, then when we're squeezed, when we're under pressure, it's what comes out. Yeah, it's what comes out. Okay. Let the message of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through the psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Encourage one another, yeah? What, all of what we've received, all that, the, that he teaches in his word, let us encourage one another with his word. Let us use his word to encourage one another. Yeah, as we gather in, in life groups during the week, as we gather here on a Sunday in, or uh, running partners or, or other contexts, let us encourage one another because we need it, you know? I've had a rough week. Others, I'm sure, have had rough weeks, months, years, whatever. We need one another to encourage one another. Let's encourage one another with psalms, hymns, songs, singing to God with gratitude in your heart. 
we might be imperfect and broken and flawed, but one thing, one thing we're certain about is Jesus. Yeah, one thing we're certain about is Jesus, that he's our hope, he's our confidence, he's our security, that it's his peace we want to rule in our hearts. We might not have all these things figured out, you know, we might not have, uh, none of us as believers have got it all figured out, but, but we, we, want, we, we know Jesus has died for us. We know he's died for us, we know we want to follow him, we want to please him, we want to have all that he has for us. And so let's, let's let his peace rule in our hearts. We're passionate about him, about his peace, about his presence. And Paul encourages us to help one another because he knows we're going to need it. Whether that's practical help, but also just encouraging one another. Encouraging one another. Coming together to God with gratitude in our hearts. Like this morning, it was, I loved it this morning, just uh, Hallam kind of set us off on a, on a direction and uh, it was great, just that sense of gratitude together because you hear, you hear contributions and it was, yeah, I love Reuben got up as well. It was great. It was kind of, oh, yeah, that's great. And, oh, yeah, that's great. And it, it fuels the spirit within us, doesn't it? It fuels that thankful heart within us because it's so easy to, to let thankfulness just um, diminish in our hearts, isn't it? You have to cultivate a thankful heart. I think that's a proverb somewhere. And we have to cultivate this thankful heart. And so it's wonderful when we hear others just testifying to the goodness and grace of God. We just think, oh, yeah, he is good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I love it. It just keeps going. We're to gather together. We're to coming to God with gratitude in our hearts. It's one of the reasons when we, we gather together as a, as, a, as, a, as a church on a Sunday. It's one of the, the reasons we, we gather together because we're not, we're not called to live the Christian life alone. We need one another. And when we gather together, we come with our, our offering of praise. No matter how, how meager or how small it or insignificant it might seem, we gather with our offering of praise together. We spur one another on. We encourage one another to worship him it's precious. It's so, so precious. But so often in, in uh, culture can kind of, you know, can, things can get skewed out of, out of how they're meant to be, can't they? And sometimes we can find ourselves, and, and, and I've done it, okay, I've done it. We can find ourselves pitching up to, to church, a bit like pitching up to a, uh, a restaurant. You know, I don't know about you, when I go into a restaurant, I'm kind of thinking, well, I, I, I want to be fed. You know, I'm here for me, and I want to be fed, and if you don't, you know, uh, do it in a particular way I, I expect it to be done, then I'll, I'll leave you a, I, mean, I don't, but I might leave you a nasty review, yeah, you know, or something, something like that. But that's my expectation, right? That's what's going through my mind. I'm thinking, I'm, I'm here, I want my fill, and uh, when I want it, and, uh, you know, and, and so on. And that's kind of the way, I'm sure I'm not the only one, okay? And, and sometimes that can be pervasive into, my, into our thinking, not just me, into, into our thinking of how I, how I sometimes I pitch one on a Sunday. I think, well, I've, I've made it here, I'm through the door, and, and now feed me, and now feed me. Okay? And there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a rightness in that where, uh, you know, Scripture says, you know, all who are hung- hungry, you know, come to me if you're hungry, you know, and, and so on. The invitation is there if we're hungry. But also, there's, but what's also happening there is a kind of a culture, consumerist, individualist thing, well, I'm, I'm here for myself, now feed me, and and, and if, you know, and, and I'll I'll kind of score it or whatever or or, or not. And, uh, and and what what I want to challenge here is that thinking of we're not here just for ourselves, yeah. We're here for one another. 
we're here for one another. It's a community. That's the whole, the whole purpose of church is that it's a community. It's a, it's a the family. It's the people of God together trying to figure out the Christian life and, and help one another together because none of us have got it sorted between uh, now and eternity. And, and so we need one another to help one another, to spur one another on, to encourage one another, to correct one another, to challenge one another, to love one another like Paul preached about last week. We need one another. And so if we, we approach the Lord as individualistic consumers, which we can all do, okay, we can all do, I've done, we miss the point. We miss the point. We miss out. We gather to him in light of who he is and what he has done. And sometimes we, we get forgetful and we need reminding, oh, look, look what he's done. Oh, it's great hearing. Oh, yeah, he's done that in so-and-so's life. Great. That encourages me. That spurs me on. We need one another. And as we bring our small offering of praise and worship However insignificant that might seem, he meets us where we are. He meets us. With open arms, he meets us. He changes us, and he feeds us, and he blesses us. But he also gives us the means to continue feeding beyond that, beyond this meal together. Right? He gives us the opportunity to, to feed from his word, to let it dwell in our hearts as we go from here into the, into the week and into all the busyness and all the things that would distract us and draw us into the here and now. He, he gives us tools to, to feed us through that. Right? His presence, his Holy Spirit's presence with, with us. His word. He gives us these things to feed us. <clears throat> we come as followers, as worshippers, with gratitude in our hearts, with psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit to our Heavenly Father. Verse 17. This, this may be the, the most challenging bit of these verses. Okay, here we go. And uh, this is who he's speaking to. Okay, so let's, if you think maybe well, he's speaking to all of us through all of this, but if you somehow think you're excluded, then here's the catch-all. Verse 17, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, so whatever you do, not just these things on a Sunday or some things on a weekend or, uh, you know, what you do with your free time or, uh, yeah, whatever you do, whether in word or deed. So it's not just what you do, it's what you say, okay? Whatever you do, basically everything in life he's, he's talking about here, okay? Everything, whatever, whenever, whatever, do or say, okay? So that could be working, eating, Changing a nappy, driving, housework, studying, uh, cooking, meetings, everything, yeah? And our words, everything that we say, even in those unguarded moments, you know, when we think no one's within earshot, what do we do? It says, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Wow, everything we say or do in the name of the Lord Jesus. Everything we say or do. So I suppose that's a, that's a challenge on one hand, but also a, a, a marvelous encouragement on the other, isn't it? On one hand, it's saying everything that we do or say should, should be done in the name of the Lord Jesus, done to him, for him. But it's also saying it's actually everything that we do, whether it is you know, nappy changing, cooking, uh, going to work, studying at university, um, whatever it is you, you, you do, taking care of the kids at, at home, Actually, we're doing it with him as well. Yeah? So we're doing it for him, to him, with him. Yeah? Those difficult moments with children, bosses, colleagues, co-workers. We're doing it for him, to him, and with him. Yeah? What a, what a marvelous encouragement tomorrow. When I go into the office uh, or fire up the computer at home, I'm doing it to him, for him 
am with him. He's with me. Powerful, isn't it? Everything we say or do is to be done in the name of the Lord Jesus. Because we're changed. We're not the same. We've been called from, from one life into another. We're changed. And we go on being changed. So let's recap. Let the peace of, peace of God rule in our hearts. And be, be thankful. Be thankful because it matters so much more important than the here and now. Let the word of Christ dwell in our hearts. Encourage one another because we need it. Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. And why? Because in Romans 5, you don't need to turn there, it says, because we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God. It all comes back to the cross. We have peace with God. Justified, just as though I'd never sinned that since Jesus died on the Christ, paying died on the cross, excuse me, paying the price for all of my all of our sin and shame on our behalf, we now have peace with God. Peace with God. That's a that's a, a cosmic truth that we get we get to have peace with God, free of all the things that we've said and done wrong, free of all the, the moments where we where we get it wrong, where we are ashamed of things that we've done or said. We get freedom and forgiveness from that. And we're adopted. By Jesus, we're changed, adopted, adopted by the Heavenly Father, and we're changed because of what Jesus did on the cross for us. Do you know that peace with God this morning? Do you know that peace of God this morning? Is that what rules in your hearts? Is that the what, what the decisive factor in your hearts? Are you living as though this world, with a the here and now, was the, with the only home that you're ever going to have? If you are, then everything will seem, everything like work, study, interest rates, inflation will seem super important, okay? I'm not saying it's not important, but it will seem so important, and you'll exchange, you'll settle for something that's just mediocre, right? You'll settle for fear and anxiety of the here and now, because you've settled for things that, that aren't from the God. Or are you living as though we have a joy-filled future in Jesus, a joy-filled future in Jesus. Because if you are, you can know that that, that grace-filled, hope-filled presence and a promise of it in the future. But so often I think we, we compromise. So often I think we, we find ourselves drawn into the here and now. Drawn into the, the here and now. Hey, look at this. This is super important. And, and this has got to be done. And this has got to be done. And this has got to be done. And, and, and yes, what, what the here and now does matter. But what's... of ultimate importance what's of ultimate importance is knowing jesus is knowing jesus knowing that my hope my future is secure in him and i needn't sweat the small stuff here and now because what really matters is the ultimate joy of knowing and following jesus receiving his grace kindness and the assurance of god so folks let us be passionate committed followers of of Jesus, because we've been called out from an old life into a new life. Don't try and live that old life. It will, it will just leave you frustrated and, and, and anxious and fearful because you're trying to live an old life when actually you've been called out from that to live a new life in Christ. Committed to the peace and presence of Jesus in our hearts. Grateful to God for all that he's done and will do. Encouraging, blessing, supporting one another. And in all we do, we do it for an audience of one. Not for onlookers, not for peers, not for uh, praise from, from others, but for him. 
in light of all that he has done for us. That's the wonderful truth of the gospel, that he, 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 he knows everything about us. He knows all our flaws and failings and weaknesses, and yet he chose us to call us out from one life and into another, to call you out from that and into this, in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Perhaps Joe can come back up. Can you stand? I invite you to stand if you're able to. Joe, you able to play when you're ready? That would just be great. And we're going to go back into worship. I'm going to pray in a minute, and then we're going to respond in worship. There's uh, communion, uh, sort of cups around on your seats, and uh, it's just a, a way of responding to what what we've read about in his word this morning. So, Lord, I want to follow you wholeheartedly. Lord, I know I've been called out from one thing to another, and I'm going to uh, just take the bread and the wine and say, yes, Lord, I, I want to follow you wholeheartedly. I'm going to pray, and then feel free to, um, yeah, take the bread and the wine with on your own or with others. Just praying with one another, encouraging one another, reminding one another of, of all that he's done, of his goodness. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, that you, you there are bits in this in, in your word, Lord, not to uh, kind of dictate how we would live our lives, but to, to invite us to a grace-filled, joy-filled life in you, Lord, for our own good, Lord. We thank you that for the free gift of grace that we've received, that you, you know us, you love us, you forgive us, you're with us. Lord, we want to be a people, committed people, passionate about following you, Lord. Lord, I pray for myself, Lord, I want to be more committed, more passionate about following you, Jesus, in every area of my life. I pray that for uh, my brothers and sisters in Christ here this morning, Lord. I want to pray, Lord, make us more passionate and committed at following you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we want to be those who, who know your peace ruling in our hearts, Lord, that, that that's the decisive factor in our hearts, Lord, when we're uh, in, our, in our thought life, in our motives, in our actions, Lord. We want it to be the, the peace of Christ that rules in our hearts. Lord, we want your word to dwell in us richly, Lord, because we're desperate for it, Lord. We're desperate for more of you. Lord Jesus, I pray, make us more, more passionate and committed followers of you, Lord, creating us... An, hunger, more of a hunger for you, Lord. We say, Holy Spirit, right now, as we, as we just respond to your words, Lord, we want to we wanna be a people who just respond to your words, and we, we pray as we do now, respond as we move on in worship. We just invite you here now, Holy Spirit, to, to move among us, Lord. We say, change us, Lord, where we get, uh, get, get captured and, and, and drawn away by things not of God's by the here and now we say Lord draw us back to you remind us of your your beauty your promises your goodness captivate our hearts once again we pray 
Holy Spirit, we just invite you in this place, Lord. We, we don't want to leave here the same. We don't just want to, to come and sing and, and hear and, and, and go away the same, Lord. We want to, to in, in, encounter you, to be changed by your Spirit this morning, Lord. Just have your way among us, Holy Spirit. sad things happening with the children lots of safeguarding this week and really tricky behaviors and um, yeah I've been feeling really down about it and really anxious about it just you know just really sad about it and I think when you were talking and, and saying about how you know look at the big picture you know like everything's okay it doesn't you know in the end it's not a massive deal but then I was like, but it is a big deal for that child right now. And um, it's really hard to watch things happen. But God cares so deeply. So if you're like me and you're, it's something about something sad or something tricky that's happening. It's not that God doesn't care. He cares so deeply. But it's what we do with that sadness. And it's what we do with that you know, anxiousness because we don't need to be anxious about it and um, we can pray about it and let go and know that God is in control and he has the bigger picture. Um, yeah, so God cares so deeply. Oh, that's so true, Karis. That's so true. Um, I just had it on my heart earlier to share this, but it fits really well now, so thank you. Um, a year ago, we had sold our house we had had an offer accepted on a house, but there was a four-month gap between the two happening. And um, we knew we'd done the right thing. We knew that it was right to have sold our house. We knew it was right to have had gone for the next house. But with a young family, you need somewhere to live. And we had four months of no address, okay? We'd looked, and we'd, um, looked really hard for a rental, and every door had been shut. And, and I was just like, Jesus, I don't quite understand. <laughs> um, and our life group and you guys were amazing at praying for us and supporting us and cheering us on. Um, and I'm not going to stand here and tell you that I was peaceful all the time. I really wasn't. We had some pretty hairy moments. Um, but God really spoke to me through this verse. If my phone will work. Um, in Deuteronomy 31, it talks about the Lord your God will personally go before you. Personally. Not like in the sky, maybe airy-fairy, like personally. He knows each of your situations personally, okay? And I had the faith, I had faith bigger than a mustard seed that God's going to come through for us. And I can remember praying quite honestly a few times to Jesus, saying, I don't need you to be 11th hour. I've got the faith for this. I, I know you can come through 11th hour, but I'm very happy for you to come through right now. And everything was 11th hour. Everything. We did get somewhere to live, literally within a week of when we were due to move out of our house and then at the end of that four months we got messed around a bit and we didn't have anywhere to live for two weeks we were homeless genuinely homeless for two weeks God provided incredibly for each and every moment but it was 11th hour and do you know what I realized I realized it wasn't about the size of my faith it was about me learning to walk well in those anxious moments 
So every time that anxiety started to kick in, which at points was hourly, I would pray, thank you, Jesus, that you're personally going before us right now. And do you know what? The peace of God was unreal. Like, it was like a blanket that would just wrap around. It wasn't this fluffy feeling. It was this absolute assurance that God was at work. I couldn't see it, but he was doing something. We were going to be okay. Those children, they're going to be okay, Karis, because you're praying for them and because Jesus is going to come through for them because he loves them even more than you do, right? And you're there for a reason, to pray in for them and to pray the peace of God over them. And he will do it. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know if you're in an 11th hour moment and you're thinking, Jesus, why? He will do it. And in it, you will have a testimony of his goodness to be able to spare other people on think of the people you admire in faith they haven't got there just by coming to church every week they've got there because they've lived and walked with Jesus through some pretty tough times and so they've got the testimonies that encourage you right and we're all there none of us are perfect all of us need Jesus but find a verse and pray it every time you feel anxious find that verse and pray it and I know I've learned a lesson in it and I know I'm still learning in it and I know I still need Jesus and I know I still get anxious he is good and he is faithful and we're now in a lovely home and you're all welcome and we're safe and we're secure and the boxes are almost unpacked and God is good and there'll be another trial because Jesus promised us that but he also promised to be with us so be encouraged and um, yeah thank you oh this is so I hate doing this but I'm just sitting there and I don't know if anyone else gets this where like you think God's talking to you when you're sitting there but you're not really sure is it just my head oh, I don't know and it, it just it relates to everything so I had a really tricky situation um, Friday night with Eli's mental health and um, he come at me twice with a knife he attacked two children at school I had no peace no peace and I had nothing about me that could cultivate any peace we can't do this alone we have each other and I rung a sister in Christ instantly platformed into prayer um, prayed into the whole waiting list time within an A&E and we was in and out of an hour you know so it's like I was just thinking the whole time that, that we had a talk a little while ago about scaffolding um, and we're, we're with each other you know and just in the moments where I don't know terrified anxious worried a behaviour I shouldn't be doing we shouldn't be doing I don't know but it's like we have each other. Yeah, we can be accountable to each other in the love that Paul spoke about last week. And um, and, I, and I was thinking, like, I'm in recovery, as a lot of you know, and I sit in meetings a lot of the time, and, and it's miracles, like what people go through and stay clean, what people go through and, you know, we turn to Jesus, and, you know, in our lives. And I thought, why is sometimes that more powerful than what I see at church? And I'm not being funny, but sometimes in church, we don't let each other in on the process. We just stand there with, the, like, the, you know, the ringing the bells once the miracles happened. And I just want to, I don't know, just encourage people just to be real. We all struggle and we have Jesus, you know. And ultimately, it's just standing by each other day in, day in life. Jude said to me when I first come to this church, I'm not here just to stand by your church on the Sunday. I'm here to walk with you in life. So, yeah, I just want to send that encouragement. Really good. Yeah, really good. Yeah, we live in a really broken world, don't we? And where there's just pain and suffering, and it's not to, to make light of that at all. But the hope, as Beth touched on, the hope for the world is Jesus Christ. Yeah, the hope for the world is Jesus. The hope for all the brokenness and suffering that we see is Jesus. And he puts us sometimes in, a, in the middle of these situations to, 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 to bring light into the darkness. But our hope is in him. Our hope is in him. 
and he's at work. And that's how we can, we can have the peace because we know we haven't got all the answers, but we know someone that has. Yes, Father God, Lord, we thank you that you are the hope of the world, Lord. That when we do look around, we see darkness, despair, pain, difficulty. But the, the answer, the hope is in you, Lord. Thank you. There is a, a time coming where you will wipe away every tear. Lord, you're drawing us to yourself. And we, I pray for, for those particularly going into, uh, in the midst of difficult, painful situations at the moment, Lord. I pray they would know your peace in those situations, that they would bring your peace into those situations as well, Heavenly Father. Lord, whether it's... Uh, Karis, as you mentioned, and others, I'm sure, in, in, in other equally difficult, painful situations, Lord, I pray they would know your peace, your joy, your grace themselves, and bring it into the middle of those situations, Lord. Bring your presence with them into those situations, we pray. Amen. Let's respond in worship. Joe.